0: that my ex asked me to stop working in order to support his career. And and I did, I mean, it was a family decision. And so then we moved around the country to support his career. And then as soon as he became a CFO and had a really great job, he just came home and said, so I'm done being married to you. And I know how much you love the children so you can have them. Uh, And then he ran off with a 25 year old girl. So there I was midlife, um, not having worked for, I think it was like ten years. I ha- I was not in the workforce, and so I had to start my, my life over. Really, in my forties, right when things should be starting to get a little bit easier.
1: Wow, there's a lot of dudes out there that that you know, once they they get their their situation exactly the way that they want, all of a sudden now they need a they need a younger version of of uh, the lady at home.
2: John Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a long-time methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin.
1: what's up everybody thanks for stopping by the show i'm sean and if this is your first time listening welcome if you're returning welcome back it's good to have you with us this episode well actually this is the first episode where i have my new uh intro and outro uh that i had professionally produced and done uh i finally uh broke the bank, uh, and, uh, and got, and added that feature, uh, to this show. So, um, that's kind of a little bit of a milestone up to this point. I just kind of pieced something together. I think I was using a subscription to, uh, uh, a music thing for a monthly deal. And so now I can, uh, eliminate that and that's great. Um, and I was able to do that because, uh, of the merchandise. So all of the, uh, you know, people that have, have, uh, gotten some merchandise, uh, it accumulated to about a hundred bucks over in, uh, PayPal. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll just use that. So that's how a show grows, uh, with the audience, um, participation and help, uh, you know, we're able to add things to, you know, build the show, um, and different things. So, uh, the people out there that, uh, purchase stuff, um, from the merchandise store, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, you just helped the show grow a little bit. So, uh, and, uh, attain some, uh, some legitimacy. So yeah, that was, uh, that, that was pretty cool, man. I, I liked it. And, uh, the guy that, uh, I got off of Fiverr, Um, He was uh, or Fiverr, I don't. I can't remember whatever that thing is called. Um, he was really good, man. Super pro. Uh, I recommend him if you uh, uh, are if you like what I got and you're interested. Just shoot me an email or something, and I'll uh, I'll I'll give you his contact information because I don't know it off the top of my head right now. Um, This episode uh, is with. Uh, Tammy Guns, and uh, it's it's a it's actually a fun uh, a fun conversation. There are points in it when I can't tell if I'm being funny or if I'm flirting with her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was a fun conversation. I enjoyed it, um, and I hope you will too. So uh, let's get to the show.
2: You're listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Here's your host, Sean Dustin. This
1: is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today, I'm talking to Tammy Guns, and Tammy is a published author. She has a book called Your Ultimate Daily Guide for Success, Practical Tips and Tricks for Better Living in All Areas of Your Life. Uh, Tammy, how are you?
0: I'm doing really well this morning. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. So tell me a little bit about your book and uh, how you became a published author.
0: Sure. Um, so I wrote my book, um, Your Ultimate Daily Guide for Success, based on you know just different tips and tricks, things that I use to be able to get through some you know more challenging times in my life. And so I thought that they helped me, and so I wanted to be able to help others. So I, you know, put the culmination of the ideas down into a book and and had it published.
1: Well, wow, that sounds easy enough. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish it was that easy for me.
0: (laughs) Well, I just, what happens is I've written actually two books and when I write them, I go for walks every day. It's part of my ability to handle, you know, stress and challenges in life. And while I'm going on my walks, I don't really usually listen to anything. And I, my mind just goes. And so there's a lot of times I'll come home from my walk and then I'll just write a bunch of stuff down. And so, like I said, I always, I feel like I know that, you know, we all go through challenges in life, certainly not unique to any one of us. And so I thought, well, perhaps these tips and tricks could help others.
1: Well, that's a great place to start from. I mean, anytime when you do anything with the intention of helping other people, that always is a good start. Good place to start. Um, Absolutely. So what, what, what brought you to uh, my podcast? Actually, Uh, I know I put out a few posts, um, which uh, I I was surprised at the amount of uh, uh, response that I got, but then I started thinking, oh shit, we're, uh, we're all locked down. So we need something to do.
0: (laughs) Well, um, well, I like, I like the idea of, you know, nowhere to go, but up in that, you know, like I said, each one of us has our own challenges, you know, throughout our lifetimes, right? I mean, you know, from the time that we're born until the time that we die, you have, you know, challenges. And so it's not, it's not that we have the challenges, it's what you do with them. And so I came to your podcast um, because I just kind of wanted to share my unique journey and, and getting over, you know, my challenge. My biggest challenge so far Um, I mean, multiple throughout my life, but was a big disruption at the age of 41 when after 16 years of being married um, and I was a stay at home mom. I I have four college degrees and I actually worked when I uh, first got married. But then my ex asked me to stop working in order to support his career. and, And I did. I mean, it was a family decision. And so then we moved around the country to support his career. And then as soon as he became a CFO and had a really great job, he just came home and said, so I'm done being married to you. And I know how much you love the children, so you can have them. Uh, and then he ran off with a 25-year-old girl. So there I was midlife, um, not having worked for, I think it was like 10 years, I, ha- I was not in the workforce. And so I had to start my, my life over really in my 40s, right when things should be starting to get a little bit easier.
1: Wow. That's, uh, it's not unique. Uh, you know, there's a lot of dudes out there that, that, you know, once they, they get their, their situation exactly the way that they want, all of a sudden now they need a, they need a younger version of, of, uh, the lady at home. (laughs) And, but I mean, what in your forties, that's tough, man. Uh, you know, you're. How old were your kids by that time? Were they Were they out of the house or? No, you- they
0: were. They were young. So, um, what well, I mean, I guess I should say middle age. So they were at a seven year old, a nine year old, and a thirteen year old. And so, um, you know, but again, it you kind of go through the stages of grief. I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, Elizabeth Kubler Ross. She talks about actually this the stages of grief. Really, when she's she's talking about death, but it can be any loss. It can be loss of a job, loss of a marriage, loss of. Right now, we have loss of our freedom to go about our lives, right, because of the coronavirus. And so, you go through stages. And of course, I was very, very upset at first. But then, um, after about five weeks, because I I was a mess. I I'm not kidding. I was laying on the floor in the fetal position, just crying my eyes out. Just and then I thought after about five weeks of being you know, unable, I just crying all day long, doing, you know, feeling like I wasn't doing anything. I just woke up one day and said, okay, this is my new existence, which is acceptance. And how am I going to make the best of it? So time to put my big girl pants on and, and figure out my life.
1: And that's essentially what, what we all have to do, right? When we go through certain traumatic events in our life, uh, you know, things that change our situation and our circumstances, uh, you know, there is that, yes, grieving period, but at some point, I mean, unless you suffer from, uh, you know, some sort of mental illness or, you know, uh, depression of some sorts, just the regular average everyday people like I mean, I'm I'm speaking for myself. All right. So so people like me, I, I mean, I don't suffer from anything that I know and that I was diagnosed with, but you just kind of got to OK, let's figure it out. Uh, you know, this is the new reality that we're living in. Um, how do we move forward from here?
0: Absolutely. Right. So there's, I mean, it really is the stages of loss and some people, you know, those that, I mean, I know we, we all define success differently, but those who tend to get stuck in situations, you know, it's not that the challenge, because we all face challenges, it's the fact that they can't get past it. Right. And so, for me, when I finally got to the stage of acceptance, like this is my new reality, you know, I can't cry it and make, make it change. I can't, you know, so therefore I need to figure out with this new reality, what am I going to do? And so, um, you know, over the past several years, actually, my life has turned out fabulous. In fact, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm I'm, I'm so thrilled. In fact, I should send him a thank you note, uh, you know, and, and the anniversary of him leaving every year because my life has gotten so much better. I now, um, you know, I reentered the workforce. I'm not saying it wasn't hard. It was it was very difficult trying to raise three kids 100% by my, myself. You know, a lot of trying to date, a lot of guys did not want to sign up for that. Uh, what do you What You have three kids 100%? You mean not every other weekend? <laughs> um, and so that was, you know, you know, just having to deal with that. And, I ended up, you know, moving up to becoming an executive in my profession. I have a master's degree in health service administration and a master's degree in accounting. I ended up using both of those skills to, you know, have a very fulfilling career. Three years ago, I ended up leaving corporate America to start my own company. I ended up doubling my income after leaving corporate America. So, I mean, things ended up great. It's just that you know, during the time, you can't see that. I I remember talking to my son because he was 13 and he was just starting high school and he then went through, he was so upset. He didn't want his life to be the way it was, you know, that we, he had divorced parents and, and all of that. And, you know, and I said to him, I go, you know, if we had a crystal ball, which we don't, but if we had a crystal ball, I said, and you could roll forward your life and look what it would be like a few years from now, you would be so happy. I said, but it's, we got to get through today. You can't just assume. When you open your eyes, that your current reality is going to be tomorrow's reality. So you have to hold on to the fact that you can change your reality. Just because today looks the way it does doesn't mean tomorrow won't look different.
1: That's a good way to put it, uh, and it's and it's exactly true. You know, it it the 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 mountain seems so insurmountable when we are in the 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 problem, right? You know, it just seems like Jesus. How am I going to get through this? And it's not just with traumatic problems. It's with it's with anything that we as humans try to tackle, right? When you when you look at it from you know, when you telescope out and you see how how long the process could be, it 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 seems overwhelming and unsurmountable. But when you just go back in. And focus on what you need to do right now. What are you going to do right now? This very moment. What's your next step going to be? And don't, I don't think about you know five years down the road. Don't think about you know a week down the road. Just think about what you got to do today. What is gonna, what is gonna get you to where you need to be, or help to get you to where you need to be today, right now? First step. And then once you get into that motion and you start moving, the pieces sort of start figuring themselves out. Would you agree?
0: Absolutely. So I I think you said it brilliantly. So when you think about the, you know, you did mention you don't want to be, you can't imagine what's going to be happening five years from now, but you do put a vision out. So I I think you always have to start with a a vision, a direction, right? It's almost like getting in your car and you're like, no, you know, am I driving to New York? Where am I driving to? You have no decision where you're going, you're just going to go in circles. So you do have to start with a vision, right? An end point. However, I absolutely agree with you in that, you know, if you're running a marathon, you're not, yeah, if you, they just, you know, shot off the starting gun at the beginning, you're not thinking about your 26 mile. You got to look at your next step. And it's, you know, I have, my kids are now older now, but I, the most recent uh, frozen movie from, uh, from Disney where they talk about doing the next right thing. So all you can do is that next right thing. So you just boil everything down to that next. And sometimes your next right thing really kind of sucks, right? You, you, uh, Mike Dooley, who I love listening to him, he talks about t- you know when you're looking at a path, take your least sucky path sometimes. Sometimes that least sucky path, it's not maybe you don't have this perfect golden path to take. It's a dirt road, but you still you know, take your next step because you will eventually get to your goal if you never quit. Um, but, and, and like you said, it reveals itself. It's the same thing with being in a car and you turn the wrong way. The GPS gently says, you know, make a U-turn or, or turn right at the next. So you're gently guided, but you can't be guided until you actually start taking action. Action is the absolute key to getting anything done.
1: Yeah. And, and revealing things, uh, it's, you know once you start once you start moving and paying attention and i think that's a big part of it you're you're now paying attention to uh and having intention with whatever it is that you're doing and within that intention and purpose you now start to see opportunities that you wouldn't be paying attention to before and so these opportunities as you're moving through your process start revealing themselves oh oh i can do this oh i can do this oh i met this person so now in and they fall into exactly what it is i'm trying to do so let me try and cultivate this relationship to to understand better where i want to go through this individual and if they're accepting and open to your wanting to have help i mean that's it, even better you know it's an organic process that has to happen there's no i'm, I'm going through this right now with uh this podcast and, and social media and, you know, these, I don't know if, if you're in those, well, you're obviously in those rooms. If you, if you got, you know, got my, uh, my post, but I mean, these people that are follow for follow Instagram, uh, follow for follow on, on YouTube. And it's like, it, okay. That's cool. I'm getting my numbers up, but those aren't organic numbers that are going to turn into anything. Those are just people that are just trying to grow their number and nobody's engaging with any of their content. Does that make sense?
0: No, absolutely. I And, you know, again, you, you stated it really well, is that, you know, information comes about as you take new paths. And the thing I believe, you just have to hang on to your goal, right? So you make a decision. Nothing in life happens without first making a decision. Because when you make a decision, you get conviction. And that's kind of like fire in your gut to have something happen. But the thing is, is I always, you know, say is that my mind is so feeble compared to the mind of the universe, right? I mean, the, the, the power that created the stars and all of the planets, certainly it's far more powerful and knowledgeable than my mind. So, I, you know, I just think I, I shouldn't know what the how is. Like, how could I possibly know what the end result would be of something? and so therefore you you can only it's revealed little by little as you go on
1: yeah that's a, that's a great recipe, and the only the only real way to find out that recipe i mean you can listen to us, you can you know obviously listen to this podcast and it'll give you an idea, but actual uh experience with it and going through it yourself really is the only way to figure something out. Um, you know, put yourself in situations, uh, you know, try different things. Um, that's, um, that, that has been my experience. I mean, you know, people can tell me anything I want or they want, but until I'm actually in the process myself and experiencing it and understanding it, uh, and I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, so think about children. All right. Think about your kids and before you had kids. You'd hear people talk about, you know, oh, God, my kid, I love them so much it Just It that it hurts. I just, you know what I mean? I can't explain how much I love my children. And if you're somebody that doesn't have kids and you're listening to them, you're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, I hear that all the time, whatever. Uh-huh. But once you have your own kids, then that light switch turns on and you're like, holy shit, I get it. You know what I mean? I understand because, you know. I love my kids more than anything like to the point where I'm like it had me rethinking have I ever loved anybody you know what I mean but it's it's a different kind of love I don't know if that's a good analogy or not it's early uh so.
0: No, it's a very good analogy because, yeah, it, it is a different kind of love. It's an unconditional love, right? Where you, I remember when my son was, and I even carried, you know, being the woman, I even carried my children. And until he was actually born, I remember that the minute he came out, I was like, I would kill for this child. I would do any, I would defend him, you know, to the ends of the earth. And so, but that's probably a good thing that we're made that way. Otherwise that we probably would kill our own children. (laughs) They can drive us crazy too. Right. Yeah. Um, But no, it is, it is a matter of experiencing life because knowledge is for the mind, right. But knowledge does not equate to change in behavior. So that's actually a really key concept is that knowledge does not equate to change in behavior. How many of us know how to be at our ideal weight, right? No. All of us, right? Eat eat less, exercise more, okay? I mean, I know there's all sorts of formulas, you know, what to eat, blah, blah, blah. But how many of us can raise our hands and say we are at our ideal weight? So our knowledge is there. We know that. We know how to be healthy. But how many of us really are? So you really experience is really what's important. It's knowledge is, it, is It's actually you need to integrate, like, That's actually a term that I think is going to come into, you know, more into mainstream is it's a matter of integration between what you say and what you do. So, you know, I can, whatever you say, but do you actually do it again? Action is key, but knowledge in and of itself is, is pretty much useless.
1: Yes. I'm struggling with that right now too. Um You know, I, 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 my weight bounces up and down. I mean, I'm lucky that, that I carry it well, but I mean, my, my clothes tell me that, Hey man, this, this, this shirt's starting to be a little tight, you know, around them, the back over here, those, those handles are starting to come back out. And like, I know that I'm supposed to be eating, uh, you know, I know that everything in the middle aisle of the grocery, or middle aisles of the grocery store are horrible for you and that you shouldn't be eating that. But that didn't stop me yesterday from eating a whole bag of Lay's chips. Um, and not the small ones, the big ones. Uh, you know, I struggle constantly with, um, and, and I think that's more of discipline, you know, uh, and, and when, when you're not disciplined, um, that really, that, that's that's kind of the key man if you can figure out how to discipline yourself to not i mean it, it's hard it's hard to to starve yourself of something especially when when the stuff tastes good uh but for health reasons and, and and other things there's just so many things out there that have come to light that that prove to us that you know hey a lot of the stuff in there it causes cancer you know what i mean it, you you 30 years of eating that it comes out that, Oh my God, I got cancer. What is it from? What have you been eating? I don't know everything in the middle aisle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so what you're saying is actually something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, Last year, actually right around this time, I did a TEDx talk in Dallas, Texas on why the best healthcare system starts with you. And, basically I used the analogy of if we had one car and one car only that was gonna last us our entire lives don't you think we would be hyper vigilant about taking care of that car right you would make sure you had oil changes you'd probably have your auto mechanic on speed dial on your phone right so you would you would be hyper vigilant because you're like this car cannot break down it's the only one I have yet we are not hyper vigilant. And we know we get one body, you know, and one body only. You know, science hasn't come where we can replace parts yet. (laughs) All these, you know, small parts. But, and then I talk about how what happens is we act from the teenage brain, and the teenage brain. What is the teenage brain? It says, "Oh, all I care about is what's fun in the moment." Right? That's a teenager. They have, they're, but. In their defense, right, the frontal lobe of the cerebral cortex is not completely developed in a teenager. And so on some level, we have to excuse them because they really, they just care what's going on in the moment. Well, when we make a multitude of seemingly insignificant decisions over our lifetime, it can add up to chronic disease, right? And so how do we, how do I use that as an analogy too? like, say you were to go um, to Starbucks every morning or your favorite coffee shop and get your favorite latte and it's $5. And you think, well, that's insignificant. It's a seemingly insignificant decision. You, you figure it's easy to part with $5. But when you do that over an entire year, you do that every day on the way to work, that equates to approximately $1,300 over a year. Now, if you were to spend $1,300 at one time, you would probably say, wait a minute, that's a big decision. I'm gonna look at you know the pros and cons before I'm gonna part with that much money. However, we spend $1,300 over a year in $5 increments and we don't think about the $5 increments. That's the same way with our health. In that, you know, it's one brownie, it's one bag of potato chips, right? It's only one. So when you break it down, you think it's, oh, it's it's a $5 decision. But what happens is over a lifetime, those seemingly, seemingly insignificant decisions we make every single day of our lives amount to chronic disease.
1: Mm, that's a good way to put it. That also ties into the last episode that I had with, uh, you know, it, 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 and my, my guest talks about, uh, is personality permanent and, you know, future self, uh, present self. And when making decisions, uh, it, it's studies have been done that when you replace, uh, you know, when you talk about, all right, well, I'm going to do this. All right. Well, what would my future self say? You know what I mean? Because we're we're writing we're writing checks today that our future self is not going to be able to cash.
0: Well said, absolutely right. And so, and I also use this other analogy, which I think helps, is that you know we all know the fable of the the frog in the boiling water, right? And so, a frog that's put into a boiling water immediately jumps out because it knows it will suffer an early demise right whereas a frog that's put in lukewarm water and then you slowly change the temperature of that water to boiling the the frog doesn't notice right it's so small so incremental but then of course the frog ends it up unfortunately dying early well it's the same thing with our health is that that bag of potato chips that next cigarette the right All of a sudden you're, you know, you're in lukewarm water that became boiling water. And so you can end up developing chronic disease. You can um, end up developing debilitating disease, or you could croak early like the frog, right? And so it really, but here's the thing. Sometimes it's our path of least resistance, right? So you're feeling upset. I don't want to feel upset. I'd rather feel good macaroni and cheese is going to make me feel good. I'm upset. I don't I want to feel good right now. That cigarette is going to make me feel good. So it's, it's your path of least resistance. That's why you need practical tips and tricks to instead of grab something that's going to hurt yourself in the future, like you just said your future self has to pay for that check that you just wrote. Instead, if you have alternative techniques to get to a state of peace, you're not going to need to go to those you know, less healthy
1: choices. Yeah, exactly. But it's a lot easier said than done, right? It's a, Absolutely.
0: it's a train, well, I mean, it's, it,
1: it's, it's a train, it's a trained behavior that you have to, you have to instill, uh, uh, and make it a habit. And so that is the hard part is making it a habit because you're so ingrained. I mean, we are, we are uh, just look at people in general, human, the species, we are creatures of habit. Like everybody has a routine. I mean, it's the, the one, the one thing that they tell you, you know, if you, if you're a, you know, a high ranking or, or high profile person, uh, stay away from routines that people, you know, c- can, cause you know, oh, I gotta pick the kids up at this time, this time. I mean, we just, we set ourselves, uh, 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 up for, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for structure. We structure our lives um to, a, to the way that it, it's the most easiest and most efficient for us in some ways. And that's a trained behavior. So trying to untrain that behavior and, and, and do something different. That that's the hard part.
0: Absolutely. Change is hard. Right. And so you, you're you're saying exactly what people do. But what really happens is we're living unconsciously. It's as though we're asleep through our lives because we get up and we, you know, we eat breakfast, take a shower or whatever, everything, the same routine, go to work the same way, do the same thing at work, drive home probably the same way. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, right? We're on this literally living unconsciously. Now there's a part of the reason why we like habits is because then it doesn't require brain power and anything that requires us to think differently makes us pause. Wait a minute. Is this safe? What? This is different. My mind's not used to this. So you have to take pause. One of the ways that you can do changing of habits is if you're about to grab that bag of potato chips, literally tell yourself, stop. Right. And then almost it's stop. Okay. And it makes you what? Makes you think for a moment versus doing your unconscious choice when we do those things, the path of least resistance to a place of peace and happiness. Right? Although we know it's temporary, right? Because pretty soon that baggage potato chips will be gone. Um, if we tell ourselves to stop, we can instead maybe uh, think more about what it is versus living unconsciously. So it's a matter of really paying. being present, right? Even Eckhart Tolle, right? Who has that great book on presence. It, living in all of the power is in our present moment, right? If you're eating a bag of potato chips, it's in the present moment. So all of our power is in the present moment. But we're not awake in the present moment. We're asleep in the present moment. That's our problem. It's, so if you say literally say stop to yourself, you're waking yourself up and focusing on the present moment.
1: Yeah, that's a, a, that, that's exactly. And it's sort of the same premises. You, you stop and say, well, what would my future self want me to do? You know, what, what would, and it's just that, and, and I've, I've, you know, I, I've struggled with anger, uh, for a long time in my life. And that, that one thing, what I've learned about anger, aside from it's a cheap emotion and it's readily available all the time, uh, you know, it's the easiest one to get in, in connection with, uh, is that, all it takes is one small pause to change, to just sort of diffuse it. You know, when, when, when I start getting into that, like I used to road rage, man, I used to just go nuts on road rage a long time ago before. Uh, and, and, you know, I'd step on the gas and go and start chasing somebody if they cut me off. Um, and it, it, it would be, da- it'd be a dangerous thing. You know, some of it was just adrenaline, uh, you know, but, at the same point, I mean, these days you don't know, man. People were starting to get shot. Uh, it was around that time where 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 you know people were getting out of their cars, and it was it would stop me was that. But I mean, there was one time when I was in traffic, and I was at a stop sign or at a, or at a stop, and I looked behind me, and there's two guys. One of them, I guess that had been happening behind me, and I wasn't paying attention. And when I looked in my rearview mirror, uh, one of the guys got out, and the other guy, and they just started brawling right there on the on the freeway it it, it was it was crazy and i and i thought to myself i'm like god that looks like how ridiculous is that and then i had to really start to i'm like well you do that i mean would you you may not have gotten out of the car yet (laughs) but i mean at some point you know if you keep if you keep uh doing what you're doing and reacting to i mean what are you reacting to you don't know that person you don't know what they're going through you don't know you know, what they have underneath their seat. You don't know anything about them, but you're allowing them to take you out of your, your normal mentality and, and, and throw you into a chaotic uh, mindset. And yeah, I, I stopped and I don't know where I was going with that. It was just sort of going and then I went like, whoo <laughs> off to the, off to the left somewhere.
0: You know, saying stop. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. Cooler heads prevail right after, but here, when, When people are angry, it's as though you are drinking poison but you're expecting the other person to die. Or right? So anger is drinking your own poison but expecting someone else to die. So um yes, I mean one of the the things about um anger is if you peel it back, anger's really all the way back. It's it usually relates to fear and fear of what? So when you look at these situations, what do you fear? Hmm. And so um, being able to, you know, now, of course, a lot of times in the moment, people can't think that. But if you look at some of the situations in your life when you've been angry, it, if you peel it back, it could be fear. Right? Like right now, people could be angry they lost their jobs. Well, if you peel that back, it's because they are afraid. How am I going to pay my mortgage or my rent? How am I going to put food on the table? Right. And so anger is it's a, like a survival mechanism. Right. It's a, so it, and it comes up very quickly. Um, and so the ability to recognize that, right. And breathe, take a moment to pause, which will bring center yourself back in the present moment and breathe. And then this too shall pass.
1: And this kind of falls right into, I mean, everything that we've been talking about is sort of geared towards how do you be a human? You know what I mean? How do you, how do you get through this life? Uh, we don't have, we don't have instruction manuals. We don't, and, and you know, the schools that I went to didn't tell you much, you know, it told you how to, how to, you know, listen for the bell and move to the next, next stop. uh, And a bunch of other things that, I mean, you know, some of them are true. Some of them aren't, you know, we we're taught a lot about history, but we're really not taught about the real history. We're taught about what they want us to know about the history. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that we don't get taught and and come up with a blueprint to be a good person. You know, I guess, I guess part of, part of that could be, I mean, if you're in, into uh religion, the Bible is a good blueprint. I mean, it's a story. Um, I'm not religious and I don't knock anybody that is, but I mean, it's a story. It's a good blueprint. I read Psalms and all these other things when I was in prison, I had nothing else to read for 30 days at one point. So (laughs) I threw a Bible in my cell and I started reading it, uh, But it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of these things that are coming out now, uh, you know, with the the coaching, that's why, I mean, that's why life coaching and all these different coaching uh, people are so popular right now is because we have a whole population of people that just don't know how to be people.
0: Absolutely. So, um, which is one of the things I do. I actually do life coaching for people because you know, I, I want to be able to share the things that I've learned over, you know, my lifetime of being here on the planet and, and the things where I've, you know, messed up. So hopefully they won't make those same mistakes. And you're right. So we, we are, by being human, we have emotions. So it's the ability to manage those emotions effectively. Right over our over our lifetime, and so you've you've learned right. You've given us examples where that anger is not effective, right? Um, now anger can be effective in that it's very motivating, right? Anger is actually a, a higher level of emotion than depression because when someone is depressed, it's there's apathy. They don't care. They don't want to get out of bed. They don't want to brush their teeth. They don't want to brush their so they literally just there's no motivation. So once you get angry, it's actually an action, um, uh, feeling. So it's a higher level in that now you're going to get, you're going to take action. You actually have a feeling in your gut that wants you, you know, to do something. However, as you know, it's not the highest level of emotion. And so it's a matter of just always, if, again, if we can be present and be far more, you know, concerned about what's going on. Too many of us live worry about the future, right? Worrying about the future does not change it. All it does is rob today of joy. So again, you're robbing yourself of the present moment. And and then we also spend so much time thinking about our past. Oh, if this were different. I mean, thinking about your past, you can't change it unless you're going to learn from it. That would be, you know, a productive thing to do. But it's almost like if you're, if you're taking your energy dollars that are meant for today and you're thinking about your past, that's almost like taking real, say, United States dollars and investing it in a bankrupt company. What's the point? Mm. I mean, the company's bankrupt. So you you don't want to take your energy dollars that are meant for today and and spend them on the past or for that sake, spend them on the future. You know, again, the only reason I'd spend something on the future is because you're setting a future vision. Not because it's, you know, you're, cause again, you think too much about the future. You're not in the present moment. And when we're not in the present moment, we're not cognizant of what's going on, but you know what? It's a lifelong thing. It's life is, um, I always feel like there's two directions you're going. You're either growing and expanding or you're shrinking and dying. And so, you know, being on this path, hopefully we're always growing and being a better person. Am I a better person today than I was yesterday? You know, have, uh, am I making better choices, but it's not like this up to the right curve. It's not like this straight up to the right. Oh, I'm, I'm no, it's like three steps forward, two steps back, sometimes five steps forward. Now, six steps back. Right. So it's not this perfectly linear. I always go forward. I'm always better. (laughs) No, I mean, we're people, right? I mean, all of us at some level, at the very core, we feel unworthy, we feel unlovable at our very, very core. And if you can get down to that and say, no, I am good enough now and and love yourself now, that absolutely unblocks so much of your life. But at a core level, a lot of us, the fear comes from, you know, will I be, am I lovable? Am am I worthy of of what's going on?
1: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Uh, I think it also ties into kind of, where we are today, um, when you think about, uh, how popular authenticity is, you know, everybody, man, uh, you know, this, the stuff we used to watch, um, you know, all of the, you know, reality TV was a huge thing. It was huge when it first came out, but we started seeing that, oh, this is scripted. This isn't, this isn't really reality. You know, these people are, are, you know, they still have a script. They're still, you know, they're still getting paid to do what they're doing. So of course they're going to, they're going to kind of tailor their content to what's going to sell. And people right now are becoming really popular, uh, by being authentic. I get a lot of, I get a lot of feedback and a lot of, uh, praise for just the, the stuff that I put out about myself you know what I mean? And things that, that I divulge about, you know, what I go through and have gone through and how it's like, you know, it's not always roses, man. It's not always, you know, the grass is greener on the other side of the lawn. It's, it's, it's struggle and it's, it's learning about yourself and it's learning about, you know, Hey, man, it, it, I was shitty today and I didn't like how it felt and I hurt somebody's feelings and it didn't feel good. And what am I going to do with that? Am I going to continue being that person or am I going to figure out what I need to do to not be a a, a person that hurts people's feelings and, and can look inside and, and reflect and go, okay, yeah, that was, that, that sucked, man. So let's, let's try and do it different tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Maya Angelo says, when you know better, you do better. Right. And so if we're always growing and expanding, you're going to know better. And so then you end up doing better. And you know, your statement about being authentic is, you know, if you're not going to be you, who's going to be you? (laughs) So if you're, if you don't show up as yourself, no one else is going to show up as you. So what was the point? You know, we were all born for a purpose. And so um, at, at our core, we really are enough. We, if once you get to that belief, that you are enough at your core. You don't have to have the right job to be enough. You don't have to have the right bank account to be enough. You don't have to have the right relationship to be enough. When you believe you're enough in and of itself, that opens up so much because you unblock your energy that, that keeps you stuck and keeps you from, you know, holding yourself back. But again, I mean, if you're not going to be Sean, who's going to be Sean?
1: Right. <laughs> who wants so to be you owe it to
0: yourself, <laughs> you owe it to yourself <laughs> to be shot. We all have a unique path while we're here, a, a unique thing to do. And you need to honor that and stop comparing. I mean, don't ever compare your path to somebody else's.
1: Yeah. I think acceptance uh, really helps with that. Um, accepting, accepting who you are, that this is who I am. Uh, you know, my circumstances, what I've been through, those are our parts of my story. That's not, necessarily the person that I am, it's helped shape who I became or am becoming, but it's not who I am at my core, uh, you know, and y- when you accept your circumstances, y- you know, and for a long time I didn't, that's why, you know, identity theft, because that's what I, part of what I did, uh, was so appealing to me because I didn't like myself anyways, so it didn't hurt me to try to become someone else. Does that make sense? It was so appealing. Oh yeah, I'm Jack I'm Jack Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Here, here's my credit card. Uh, you know, and it it was fun because it took me out of myself and I didn't have to deal with myself because I didn't like me anyways.
0: I, I wow, that's that's very insightful, absolutely insightful. You know, even that you were taking other people's identity and that's incredibly insightful that you said that.
1: Um yeah, it was wrong. And I'm not saying, hey I'm a good guy for doing that, but I mean, it was, uh, when, when you do wrong, uh, I think that there, so my philosophy is, is there's, there's no such thing as losing as long as you're learning. So even when you lose, and but you learned from it and now you don't make that mistake again, you're winning.
0: Right. There's even a saying that says you're either winning or you're learning. So you yeah. don't say I'm winning or losing. You say I'm either winning or I'm learning. You know, and you mentioned earlier when we were talking that sometimes you would you can look at your future self and you can say, OK, I'm writing a check today. Can my future self check, you know, cash that? Well, the other way to look at it is I, I, I thought of this when you were talking about how you wanted to be somebody else you know, if you, if you look back at your life earlier, whether it was in childhood or or whatever, back to your earliest memories, you can take your current self, who you are today. You can go back and um, talk to that person that maybe that five-year-old boy who was hurt. And you can say, you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So I know I've done some of this in some of my self-development work where, um, I was uh, a child of four kids in our family. My mom and dad were high school sweethearts, so they got married. My mom, actually, was 17, just turned 18 when she graduated. My parents had real, you know, us really, really young. My dad always said they were kids raising kids. So the point of that is, I was the third child, and my mom was so busy when my sister was born, she didn't walk me to school. I was a kindergartner. I, I crossed busy streets. I remember going, I don't want to go to school by myself. And, you know, she didn't push me on the swing after school because she couldn't. She was so busy, not because my mom didn't love me, but because my mom was such a young mom who was overwhelmed. So I've taken the Tammy that I am today and I've gone back and pictured myself on those swings and I push myself and I say, I love you. I, I love you and it's, it's okay. And so you're able to do that. You know, to go back and heal the parts of you that are still missing or feel. So if you do that, with, you know, if you can sit with yourself, that's another thing. People don't sit with themselves. They turn the TV on and they watch other people's lives instead of living their own life. And if at night, instead of turning on the TV for a couple hours, you you, you start to reflect on some of the things, you know, some of the hurts as a child, and then your your current self can go back and comfort that person. Um, I actually believe it or not have memories of being a baby in the crib and um and I, a lot of times again my mom was so busy she'd put me in the crib so i've gone back as tammy today picked myself up out of the crib and rocked myself and you know and say i love you i i love you so you know there's things you can do to go back and heal those wounds so that you again want to be you and you can heal the i am lovable i am worthy
1: Hmm. That's a good, I I never thought about that, uh, about doing that. I think a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, for, for a guy like, like me, when the first thing that came to my mind, when you said that is like, God damn it, I would feel silly, you know, uh, trying to do that. But I mean, there's, there are things that, that are applications and, and, uh, techniques of, of things that we can do that may seem silly, but, I mean, there, there may be something to it too, but I mean, as long as you're going to sit there and and think oh God, I don't want to look like that. I mean, who cares? You know, if it's going to help you, why not? Why not try it? It's free.
0: Absolutely. You know, I'm glad you said that because here's the thing is if every area of your life is running perfectly, then okay, fine. You don't need to do anything, but you know, if there's areas that really still need work, what does it hurt to go back and do that? And I'll, I'll tell you that it was really very therapeutic for me. Also, I was able, my mom, I mean, bless her soul, she's not here anymore. Uh, but my mom was an amazing grandma, full of love. And I know it's because she, she had that love when I was a little girl. She just couldn't demonstrate it because she was so overwhelmed herself. And so I've even done some things where I picture my mom, who's no longer with us, and pushing me on that swing. But as a grandma, pushing the little Tammy on the swing. And so, you know, I, I, it's brought peace to me. I mean, different techniques work for different people, right? I mean, that's why there's a million weight loss programs, right? Because if there was only one way to do something, there'd only be one weight loss program. So there's different, you know, maybe you could try it out and maybe it doesn't work for you, but if it does and you can heal something that still is a hole in your heart today, why not try it?
1: Yeah. it's Good advice. Good advice. Uh, let's, let's take a little, little, little detour here. I think we've got enough, uh, enough self-help, uh, stuff for people out there. I mean, that's a, that this last 44 minutes have been, uh, pretty insightful, uh, for anybody that's going to like, is just getting into this space of personal development and self-help and, and, uh, self-improvement. This is, this would be a great episode for you to listen to, uh, but let's, let's switch it up a little bit because, uh, I'm, uh, you, this happened to you when you were in your forties, I'm currently 46, uh, I think, yeah, it's not uh, one of those 46, 47, <laughs> I, who's counting, uh, so being, becoming single in your forties, that's tough. You know, that's a, that's a tough thing. Um, I don't know how, how tough it was for you, probably a lot tougher than it is for me because you had, you know, f- uh, full-time, uh, kids. Uh, but I mean, it, it is a tough thing because you're like, you're halfway through your life, uh, or what the, the, the life expectancy now is like, what? It's, uh, 80s or 70s, high 70s now. It's going down a little bit because of the suicides, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, into your eighties, so you're more than, I'm more than halfway into, uh, into my life. And it's more difficult now to date because we have more, well, let me speak for myself. It's more difficult for me to date now, uh, because I have a, uh, more, what's the word I'm looking for? I have, uh, I know, I know more of what I don't want than what I do want, you know? So <laughs> So it's like, you you know, the people that, that, you know, that come in and out of my life, I'm like, so I'm like super picky because as soon as one of those red flags that, you know, from experience pop up, I'm like, Oh, nope, you're out. Get out of here. I don't, I don't want to deal with you. And then also having a a toddler, I have a three-year-old, so it's really not, I mean, anybody that I'm going to, you know, have as a, uh, a significant other that's going to stay around, it's not, I'm not only choosing for me now, I'm choosing for, you know, my daughter as well as somebody who's going to be a good role model and, you know, that, that we can, uh, demonstrate, you know, through how we treat each other, what a healthy relationship is going to look like for her. Cause that's the very reason why I got out of the relationship that I was in, because, you know, a lot of it was my fault. Uh, but. It was a not, it was not a, a, a good situation that I was presenting, uh, of how a good relationship would be, you know, whether it's you know, arguing, fighting, uh, you know, t- verbal abuse, whatever, whatever was happening. This little person is soaking up all of that. And as you become a father, you realize that Jesus Christ, they soak, I mean, everything you do, they mimic, you know, at that That's age. Secure. And so, like everything that she is would, is going to be seeing is like, okay, th- I'm 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 setting up a blueprint for her her future self that is going to not be a, a a a good thing for her because now if she gets in a situation when she's older and you know she's uh, in, in an abusive a relationship or you know uh, the red flags that should come up and and say oh I'm out she looks back. Yeah. Yeah, she Mm -hmm. looks back and goes, Oh, well, that's normal. My mom and dad used to fight all the time, you know, and, and so stopping that cycle was really important to me. And now, you know, trying to cultivate somebody something with somebody else or the possibility of cultivating something from with somebody else that's Mm going to be a good uh, example is really what my trajectory is now for that.
0: I think it's really great that you're thinking about that, especially, excuse me, thinking about your daughter as well. And I will say, yes. So dating, it's just different. I wouldn't use the term more difficult. You actually, you had some brilliant insights there. First of all, the contrast. We learn what we like and what we don't like. So right, you're either winning or learning. So either you have a great relationship or you learn, well, uh, this doesn't work when a person exhibits particular attributes. So also remember that you you achieve what you believe. Your thoughts become your results. So if you think it's difficult to date, it will be, your results will be difficult to date. So there's nothing wrong with having standards. In fact, um, I've done, you know, a lot of self-development in, in that area as well because I had to start dating in my 40s. I feel like I had one high school boyfriend, one college boyfriend, and then I got married, right? So my real dating started in my 40s. And so, yes, you learn what you like and what you don't like, which is a good thing. You just sort people out. There's nothing. Why hang on to, to something that's not conducive for your highest and best good and your daughter's highest and best good? So I wouldn't say it's more difficult. I think it's great to know what you like and what you don't like and sort people out. There's 7 billion people on the planet, Sean. 7 billion, almost 8 billion now that I guess are <clears throat> 7.8 billion. So you'll find your right person. Put it out there that this person exists. These are the attributes I'm looking for. These I will not compromise on. And you achieve what you believe. So you believe she's out there, she's out there. If you believe she's not, that's what's going to keep showing up. You achieve what you believe. Think and grow rich. Mm. Great book.
1: Yeah, 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 you're right. And the one thing that I do know about myself is that I'm lazy. I'm super lazy, man. I don't like, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm selectively lazy. Okay. I don't like what you tell me to go and and write down, live your life with intention, Sean, you know, write down what you want, right? And I'm like, fuck that, man. I don't want to write anything down. You know what I mean? But I mean, everybody that I'm talking to is, it it just, it makes sense. You know, it makes sense that, okay, well, you know, life, you, you have to put some sort of work into what you want. You know, you can't, it, it, I'll, I'll use the book for uh, uh, writing a book, for example. All right. This is, this is the one thing that I know that would uh, take me to the next level of where I want to go. All right. I have it in me. I have the stories. I have the ability to write, you know, I write okay enough to where I could probably pass it off to somebody to, to, to fix it and make it and turn it into something that's sellable. Um, but I'm lazy. You know, I just I just don't want to apply myself that way. It's like I find so many other things to 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 do. um, And I know that that would that would be the catalyst right there that would set me off in, into the direction that I want to go because it would tie everything that I'm doing together. And so for me, it's like, you know, I, I have to keep talking about it. I have to keep uh, uh, in, in, injecting it into you know, my discussions and things that I talk about because it keeps it in the forefront for me. And it, at some point it's going to get done because I'll get tired of hearing myself talking about it. And I'm sure my audience will get tired of hearing me talk about it too, at some point. And maybe they'll start trying to make me accountable. You know, like send me an email. Hey, hey fucker, you, uh, you write that you start that book yet. Cause uh, this, is this is about your 17th episode that I've heard you talking about it and you, and you haven't started it yet. <laughs>
0: Well, have, have you thought about you probably really have not made that decision? Because once you make a decision, you, you move mountains to get it done. And getting back to earlier when we were talking about you don't have to know the how of how something happens. Maybe you keep thinking, I don't want to write. I don't want to write. I don't like to write. I'm lazy, right? So again, your thought and what you're telling yourself is your result. So when you say you're lazy, I'm not, your result is the book doesn't get done. But the other thing is, is how, what about a different path? You like to talk. What if you record what you're thinking instead of writing it and then you send it off? There's lots of people that can translate. translate it into a book so maybe maybe you're thinking it has to be one path which is sitting down and writing it when it could be something you just voice and someone else then takes that and writes it. so there's other paths maybe you're trying to you're trying to mess with the cursed how's How's this going to happen?
1: hmm, hmm. yeah. That's a, that's a good idea. Cause I do like to talk. I talk way too fucking much. <laughs> I mean, sorry, sorry for the, sorry for the cussing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a construction guy. So, uh, that, that comes, uh, pretty naturally to me, but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. That's a good, I'll have to try that. I'll have to sit down and try that because it doesn't, I mean, literally like yesterday I had seven of these set up to do uh i think by the time i by the time may 1st rolls around i will have completed uh and not published but i've completed at least almost 30 to 35 uh interviews so i mean that's almost 35 hours if you think about it and so if i could spend 35 hours talking to absolute strangers um and about what they're doing and and their books and and things that they've written uh I'm sure I could knock out one in 35 hours. Yeah, maybe, yes,
0: <laughs> or at least a chapter. <laughs> you can do this. You can do this. I think you've got awesome energy. I was going to say lovely, but I thought as a construction worker, you might not want to hear that. Like You do. You have very lovely energy, very awesome energy. I think you're an amazing human being and you're morphing into an even more amazing human being. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. I really have. I think you're a great guy.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I just, you know, I'm just me trying to figure out how to, how to blaze my path in the world, you know, cause I, I spent half of, you know, from, from the time I was, you know, 15 till I was 35, 36, uh, and I had about 34, nah, 34, 35 down the wrong path and, you know, uh, and destructive behavior and everything else. So, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to write that that wrong, but I'm also trying to do it in a in a in a, in a what's what's the word an accelerated uh, in an accelerated way because I've lost so much time, you know, and I want to leave something for my daughter, you know, to to a legacy for her, you know, and and that she can be proud of.
0: You will, you will. First of all, I would say, so what, so what, it, it, whatever. You are who you are today. Again, stop spending those energy dollars on the past it doesn't it's it's done it's done <laughs> and it's over with and today you just when you know better, you do better and so don't kind of like the Christmas story writer not the Christmas story Christmas Carol right where Scrooge and then he he was looking at his old partner and he had all those chains on him well, in an instant, you can cut those chains Sean cut them all off it's that's the past it's not who you are today so Don't don't lament and spend. Oh, look at I spent all this time. Whatever, it's over. So what? So what? You have an entire life to live. I I'm in my fifties and I think I'm going to live another fifty years. I really do. Which I think, wow, I got a whole another fifty years to cultivate whatever career or relationships how I want my life to be. So what I did yesterday? So what?
1: No, you look great for fifty. Jesus, I would I would never have thought. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm not trying to hit on you I'm just 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 saying just saying you know you're not doing bad for the for the fifties um yeah so i I think that's a good point to to end this on uh i have to thank you for the amazing discussion and and conversation uh I really enjoyed uh talking with you, and uh why don't you go ahead and plug all your places? You will have all of that in the show notes as well um but um you still I'll let you voice it if you like.
0: Sure. So um, people can get a hold of me. I actually give up my personal information because I want to be very accessible so people can find me. My name is Tammy Lynn Guns. I use my full name. Um, And so you can find me on LinkedIn. That's actually where I do a lot of networking, uh, just on LinkedIn under Tammy Guns. And you can email me at TammyLynnGuns at gmail.com. Um, or I also people, I don't care if people call me. My number is 303-301-4231 because I do personal coaching. So um absolutely more than happy to help anybody if, in, if our paths cross. Great. And so, and I can't thank you enough. This has been fun. I really, really <laughs> like talking to you.
1: Well, maybe we can talk again sometime.
0: That'd be great. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a social guy. I like to, I like to talk to people. It's, uh, it, it, it really helps me, uh, these podcasts. And when I talk to life coaches and, and, you know, sometimes I, I, a lot of it, I ask questions for me, you know what I mean? Cause I'm trying to still figure things out. And so, I mean, you're, you're helping me as, as well as, you know, this going out, helping other people to, to figure themselves out because look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, an average everyday guy that got in a lot of trouble when he was a kid and and uh, you know into adulthood and and trying to change the change the narrative in my own head and my own story and and you know make it make it accessible for me to, to succeed and and not well anyways we're we're not going to go into my conspiracy my conspiracy head and things that I think about but uh <laughs> uh yeah so anyways. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you, Tammy. You're a beautiful lady. And uh, I think uh, we'll we'll be talking again soon.
0: Wonderful. You have an awesome day.
1: You too. Hold on one second uh, after I uh, sign off.
2: You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue-collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved. To connect to the show, book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram, at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter, at but up now. On the YouTube channel, at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.